17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens postgame uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan and Ravens beat reporter for that station. And Cordell was right, everybody. Rita was wrong. And, you know, it's been the thing for the past couple weeks, it appears. <laughs> so um, Cordell is, uh, unlike the Ravens, Cordell is 6-0 for the season. Well, and... I got the one loss because I, I thought they beat Miami. I, I think. Oh, we that's right. Okay. They beat Miami. So you're 5-1. Yeah. Okay. So Cordell is five and one. And uh here we are, the Ravens three and three, somehow in some weird way still have possession of first place, although they are tied now with Cincinnati, who won against the New Orleans Saints, uh lose against the New York football giants. So let's start with the offense, Cordell. Um <laughs> I mean, a lot could be said. I laughed because uh yeah, so let me start by saying this. I think that this team is nothing without Lamar Jackson. Okay. I think that Lamar is what makes this offense go. I think that if so anyone else was quarterbacking, this team would be in big trouble. That does not mean that when Lamar Jackson has bad games, we cannot call out Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And um, if I had to put a percentage on how much of this loss is on Lamar Jackson, I'd say a good 70 to 75% is his fault in this game, in this loss. He never was comfortable, it appeared, in this game. Uh, There were times that I felt like Lamar checked out of run plays into pass plays that were unsuccessful. Um, There were some plays that he probably wishes he would have had back, particularly that interception mm. <laughs> to the fullback who uh, right. you ain't been doing nothing else with him all year. Pat, Project Pat has really not even been a guy that they give a, a, a ball to for one yard. Right. But all of a sudden you think that Project Pat is going to be the guy that's going to get the first down. Okay. That's crazy. Um, and so to add to insult the injury, you fumble the ball because you carelessly hold the football around as you were getting pressured and eventually it seals the deal to end the football game. So I just wanted to be clear that I still think that Lamar is great for this particular football team, but the past couple of weeks have been really hard to watch. And obviously last week he, we, we give him a pass because he had that winning, that drive at the end of the game, the winning football winning game. Drive. Right. The winning drive. Right. Uh, This week, there was no winning drive. And essentially, and like I said, in my opinion, I feel that Lamar is responsible for about 75 percent of what happened in today's uh, in the Giants loss. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that, Uh, like you said, we give Lamar his flowers plenty, Um, specifically you and I. Yes. Uh, we, we, we definitely give Lamar his credit and we understand what he means to this team and what he means to the league. Uh, but that does not exempt him from being in the crosshairs. And Lamar knows one thing about him. He knows, you know, uh, he understands that he has to be better than what he was out there. He knows he can be better. 
Uh, you can't be lackadaisical that in, in key moments late in the game, that interception was inexcusable. And it was shades of that fourth and goal interception uh, a couple of weeks ago against the Bills. It was, it was, the, it was shades of that just, okay, panic time. You know, we, 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 we need this. We need the first down. We, we need to move the ball. We got to make something happen in this situation. They had to score a touchdown and it's like, I'm just going to look to make something happen. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where at times Lamar gets to the point to where he feels like he has to be Superman on every yep. play. And that was the case a couple of times, not even just on the interception. That was the case throughout the game. There were times I saw Isaiah likely running underneath wide open where Lamar would decide to take the pass, the more difficult pass to the next level, maybe force one into a Duvernay or somebody. It's clear that he is not comfortable throwing the ball to anybody except tight ends on this team. And I don't know if it's just tight ends are the ones that get open or if or, or what it is, but I've said a couple of times this team does not have enough weapons on the perimeter. It shows up every time they are in a loss. I make the argument that we talked about how we only have to worry about Saquon and maybe a little bit of Daniel Jones with that Giants offense. What's the difference with the Ravens offense? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you have to worry about Mark Andrews. You have to worry about Lamar Jackson. But outside of that, you can you can kind of man everybody else up. It, it allows you to be more aggressive because nobody else really scares you. And I would make the argument that even if Rashad Bateman was there, it would be the same situation. Not to say he wouldn't help, but having Rashad Bateman on the field doesn't all of a sudden mean, oh, you know, the Ravens have a dominant guy. on. No, it's still Mark Andrews and the band. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. You know, they get into these moments where they need somebody to make a play. And God bless him, Mark Andrews is usually there more times than not. He he He's done all he can. Seven yeah. catches, 106 yards, 11 targets. I mean, what else can he do? Catch but that he, touchdown in the end zone. Well, yeah, That's what that else he could have nice. done. That would have been nice. That would have been nice to catch the touchdown in the end zone. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, People like him and Lamar have to be perfect on every play. They don't have any wiggle room because they don't have anybody else that can do anything for them. That's just the, that's just what it is. I'll give Kenyon Drake his props. He was amazing today. 10 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. He, he, he was phenomenal. Uh, J.K. Dobbins' knee apparently ended up tightening up. We talked about that MetLife Oh, turf. did it? We we talked about that MetLife turf before, you oh. know, and – and uh, uh, Harbs was not shy to to throw that out as a possibility as to what contributed to JK's knee tightening up a little mm. bit. So, yeah, Kenyon Drake was great, but outside of he and Mark Andrews and a couple of Lamar plays here and there, there wasn't much to talk about positively on this offense. No, and 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 this is the problem that I have with this Cordell. The I feel personally that Lamar is pressing. Okay, whether it be for because he's trying to get a long term deal with more guaranteed money, whether it's for to prove the naysayers wrong about him in terms of a passer, whether it's a combination of those things, whatever it is, I feel as though Lamar has pressed when it comes to situations. I think that he wants to be respected as a passer. I don't think that in this case, particularly in this game. He does not have the weaponry to do that. You don't have Rashad Bateman. You don't have elite 
pass catchers outside of Mark Andrews, who, by the way, dropped two passes today, including a touchdown. So what is it about you trying to do these things when, number one, you don't have the weaponry to do that? And number two, the run game is working for you. I can't understand for, for the life of me because there was plenty of times, Cordell, where I saw Lamar checking out of run plays. Now, yes, did he check, check into some run plays as well? Yes, he did. So I don't want to take that away from him. But there were times where he was checking out of run plays into pass plays, and they ended up not being successful. And I don't understand why we're doing that. I, I can't understand why... You know, if if you see the pressure, right, the man in the flat is going to be open. That's just usually how it goes. Just look, you could have dinked and dunked on this defense all day long simply because you knew the type of defense that they were going to be in. And yes. yet, you know, you got out of what worked. Two times you had opportunities to score points. And you came up in terms of touchdowns, I'm sorry, not field goals. And you came up short because you decided, and I don't know who was this, who it was exactly. I don't know if it was necessarily Mar Lamar checking out of run plays or if Greg Roman was calling these plays. But there was, uh, I believe, two times they had a sequence where they had no runs inside the 10-yard line. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to understand why that's the case. Well, they it's were terrible. They were terrible in the red zone in general. Yes, today, absolutely, terrible. completely terrible in the red zone. And, and like you said, a part, a large part of it was due to them abandoning the run game. And I don't know if it's Lamar. I don't know if it's Greg Roman. Some of it is they need to stick with what's working, and that's the run yes. game right now yes. because it hasn't always been that way. But the run game is working. Was working in this game. Uh, secondly. Lamar's missing the reads. I think he's missing open guys underneath, like you said, and trying to go for the home run ball a lot. But the thing is, you don't have a lot of home run type players. Yep. Uh, you had Devin Duvernay dropped one today that he normally catches. It was a tough play to make. It was a great throw it by was. Lamar. Uh, and, it, and it was an even better almost catch by Devin Duvernay. But the defenders all over him. It's just you, they just don't have those guys that's going to get them the 50-50 plays right now. They just don't. Yep. Outside of Mark Andrews, I, they don't have anybody else that can that you can really trust uh, in those situations. And, look, the offensive line in the second half was not necessarily the best in pass, in, in pass protection, uh, at least. Lamar got antsy. Lamar at times held the ball too long. And at times he just took sacks. You know, he took sacks he didn't need to take, but there were times where the pressure – was on him. You can't have the fumble late. You can't throw the interception late. You can't make those type of game-changing negative plays for your team when they depend on you so much. Yes, you know it's just the it's the hand he's been dealt. He's depended on a lot to carry the load for this offense, and in a lot of ways, you know Lamar's performance let them down. Absolutely. I mean, and and, and it's unacceptable. Uh, you cannot if the ball is snapped like that. And you, you know, you lose the ball. Look, throw it away. Lift this. Get. Let your defense help you. Punt it away. Let the defense help you. And we'll talk about the defense because I don't think that the defense even had a bad day today uh, on Sunday. I just think that Lamar has had those same plays in the past happen, and they've worked. 
And he thought that potentially the same thing would happen again. We saw it last, mm -hmm. was it last week or two weeks ago? Devin DuVernay, same thing. He threw this wild pass up in the air, should have been picked, and somehow Devin DuVernay gets it. I think there was another one that he did to Mark Andrews. So my thing is, is that he's, he's doing these things because in the past, his guys have bailed him out. Well, mm -hmm. that's not going to happen every week. And guess what? This was the week in terms that it wasn't going to happen. The, the sad thing about this is, is like, we're going to have this conversation. Oh, my God, Wink did this. No, Wink didn't do anything. The Ravens stopped themselves. When they got into the red zone, they decided that they didn't want to run the football anymore for whatever reason. I don't know what it was. I don't know if you think because now it's, you know, you, the, the yard is just shrunk and defenses get tighter. You feel like you need to do something different. I don't agree with that logic. I think you need to go with what's, what works. And yeah. if running the football works, that's what it is. So now we're going to have to hear about Wink Martindale doing this, Wink Martindale doing that. I don't think Wink Martindale's defense did anything. I think that the Ravens are the reason why the Ravens lost. No, particularly I, I, the offense. I would agree with that. I, I mean, I think that the, the Giants defense definitely made plays out there. Sure. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau definitely being able to, you know, knock the ball out of Lamar's hand. Jordan Love getting an interception. Just a couple of big plays that they made down the stretch. But I'll agree with you on the sense that it's not like Wink came out there and just out schemed them right. or anything. I definitely think it was by their own doing that. They, you know, Harb said it after the post game. It's it's them. It, they are their biggest enemy right now. They, Every they week. are the ones that are getting yep. in the way of being the team that they possibly could be. I was on the post game show and Glenn Glenn Clark asked me, you know, what's what is this team right now? Who are they? And I'm like, they're 500 team. That's what their record says they are. Yep. They're a 500 football team. And you watch them play, they play like a 500 football team. Yep. They give you 50%. Yep. You know, it's never 100%. They give Bad. you a solid half and they get to the second half and it, things just aren't the same. We talked about it coming into the game, the second half adjustments. The Giants are, they've been a second half team all year. Same thing happened in this one. They the Giants came out in the second half with a little more juice than the Ravens did. And the Ravens seemed to me, and I don't I don't know, but it just seemed to me like a team that didn't go out there playing a hundred percent. They didn't they did from the beginning. Like that. It did not feel like a team that was out there that gave the same effort that they may have given against a team like Cincinnati last week. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I just I just feel like this was one of those times where they may have came out, come out there and overlooked their opponent a little bit. I completely agree with that. And and, and I, I, I said that early on, that they looked flat from the beginning, literally until the very end. And mm -hmm. I, I can't understand for the life of me why that's the case, you know, because there were things that were working. Look, they had 24 rushes, Cordell. They, they, they were over 200 yards yep. rushing. Crazy. In a situation like that, there's no reason why you're, you're losing a football game. That's the part that I don't think I understand. How are you losing a football game when you – Ravens had more first downs. Now, the Giants had more third downs, and we'll talk about that. Ravens have 406 total yards to their yeah. 238. I, I, I can't – Ravens, you know what they didn't know? Time of possession. Once mm -hmm. again, and you know why? Because in key situations when I felt like you needed to find a way to run the football, because it, before we go to our next segment, you know what really upset me? Really upset me? Mm -hmm. Why are you throwing the ball? 
when you have over a minute left with three timeouts, and this is the series that I'm speaking in regards to, you know, that he fumbles the ball. Why are you passing? Explain it to me. I want to know. What exactly are you passing for? You really need to run the clock down. Right. And try to move your way up the field. That has been a pet peeve of the Ravens all all season, the not being able to get the make the correct play calls when especially when they have the lead. Yeah. And putting knowing how they don't know how to put games away. And they have been terrible. They were terrible in the red zone in this game, one for three in the red zone. Yep. In this game, that's 33%. To the Giants, three for five, that's 60%. Uh, but on the season, the Ravens are only 60%. In the red zone this year, their red zone offense has been terrible. 12 for 20 on the season. And it's been a lot of times of them going away from the run, running play calls that they have no business going out there and doing and trying to be a team that they're not. You're not. I mean, I don't mind trying to throw the ball in situations, but you got to know what's working for you. There was a point in time where the Ravens, you know, it was it was you knew what was coming and you couldn't stop it. And I, I'm trying to get my train myself to stop thinking like that because it's clear this isn't that same type of team. Yeah. That's just not who they are. Yep. And I think we have to accept that, but just because we're accepting that doesn't mean that we should, uh, you know, be okay with the product that's out there right now. I think offensively they're, they're a team that's in trouble. They get stale. They, they start off uh, looking pretty good, but after a while, their offense, they flame out right now. And that just tells me that that's signs of a a simplistic offense. I I think that the bigger issue is is talent pool and and particularly at the wide receiver position. Uh And um, what they miss is a guy like Marquise Brown that can um, move safeties away. And, uh, you know, listen, as inconsistent as Brown is, his speed was something that the Ravens used and utilized often. And they they didn't replace him with anybody. And so that's an element that I believe that that's been missing um, thus far. They're going to have to figure it out. I mean, because ultimately, you know, you can't keep doing this and thinking that you're going to win football games. Because like you said, as of right now, you are a 500 team. You're not doing anything to elevate yourselves in, in, in these games. And as a result, you're losing football games. So they got some soul searching to do seriously because they're, they're in trouble. As far as I'm concerned, yes, it's with it's week six. I understand that there's more games to be played, but as of right now, they they're in trouble a bit. And the Bengals uh, winning and tying for first place doesn't help because now they're finding they're they're trending up and finding some rhythm for themselves. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out for the Ravens because as of right now, their offense is struggling a little bit. Okay, before we go to our defensive segment. Just want to make sure everybody is subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will receive it as soon as it drops. All right, Cordell, I know people are going to talk about the defense and, and how every how they played. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. This is the third week in a row that I thought the defense played well. Now, what we'll talk about is the fact that they gave up 14 points in the second half. But I want to make it clear. I to be fair, Lamar gave them seven points. Like literally, that interception 
led them to, you know, gave them the super short field, and obviously they scored the, the go-ahead points. So right. I'm putting that on Lamar flat out. But this is what this is. Here's the thing: 238 total yards, 155 passing yards, 83 rushing yards. That tells you Saquon Barkley did not go off today. So the Ravens' offense goes off. And then the Giants' offense, uh, uh, Ravens' rushing offense, I'm sorry. Giants' Saquon Barkley doesn't go off, and somehow they find a way to win the football game? Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job. I think a lot of it was the first half. The Giants kind of not going to Saquon as much as I thought. They the, the Giants really weren't on the field a lot in the first half. Uh, and when they were, it, it wasn't a lot of Saquon action. That was kind of surprising, but you knew in the second half that was going to change. And it did. And I give the Ravens credit. They did do a, a pretty good job on Saquon for the most part of the game. Saquon kind of lulls you to sleep. You know, yeah. he'll hit you with those two and three and four yard runs uh, for a large part of the game. And then, boom, here comes the 65 yarder uh, out of nowhere. There were no major big plays from him today um, or in that game on Sunday. So, you know, that's a positive. But in the second half, it's like the Giants offense saw something in that middle of the field in the pass game. All of a sudden, guys were starting to win their matchups. Wandale Robinson, Daniel Bellinger, Marcus Johnson, all these guys just started winning in the middle of the field. And that kind of changed the game in the second half for them. Daniel Jones, and I give the Ravens credit for saying, look, Daniel Jones has to beat us with his arm, but he kind of did. And, you know, that's I guess that's what you decide to live with, and I'm okay with that. Uh, but look, so here's the part that I'm not okay with. I'm not okay with the fact that I have no idea who any of these guys are. And yet for whatever reason, uh, Mike McDonald had this sec, had this secondary backed off seven, eight, nine yards. What is the, the respect that we're giving them? Why is it the respect that we're giving them? Why are they not impressed? I'm trying to understand why you're so, so yes, it was easy for these guys to, they were converting third downs. They were seven for 14 on third down conversions, okay? And a big part of it was in pass plays. And a big reason why was because they were giving these guys eight, nine, ten-yard cushions. Why? Mm -hmm. We don't know these dudes. Who are these dudes? And why do you feel like you need to give them the respect of giving them eight, nine, ten-yard cushions? Makes no right. sense to me. I'm trying to – I could – now, eventually, he did move them up and had them pressing. And guess what, Cordell? When they were pressing, they did well. And then he went right back to giving them uh cushion. I don't understand why when things work around here, people don't want to utilize them. Make right. it make sense to me because I don't understand. Yeah, you didn't you thought that this would be a situation where they can go out there and be really aggressive with this offense, considering they don't have as many weapons on the outside, and they really couldn't be. I thought, but in you know, they had their moments. I thought the pass rush was decent at times. I thought I thought guys like Justin Matter BK looked good. A, a little bit in the middle. I thought Calais Campbell was phenomenal uh, yes. in the game. Calais, Calais played incredibly well. Um, but, and, and, you know, I thought Geno Stone played pretty well in place of Marcus Williams, all things considering. Uh, yes. Outside of that, you don't want to see the Giants get off in the passing game the way they did in the second half, especially when you see guys like Daniel Bellinger really – having having fun out there that that's not what you want to see um it, 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 like, really and, like come on now yeah that, that that's that's not what you want to see and look they I, 
they did exactly what you want to do going into this game. They take Saquon Barkley bait. I'm not going to say completely out of the game, but they they made him, they contained him uh, yes, enough. Daniel Jones, his legs didn't beat you, but and, and even Darius Slay, who I would say is probably their best receiver, you know, you kept him bottled up. Only one catch in the game overall. So outside of when you see all of those things happen, you would expect it to be a win, but it, did, it didn't turn out that way. And I, and this is kind of what I was saying when I chose the Giants to win. It's not anything glaring. It's, it's nothing, you know, that you can go to the numbers necessarily and say this is why the Ravens will lose this game. But right. it was just it's just something about the style that they play. I think the style is the biggest thing as to why they won. Just them being a second half team and the Ravens really struggling in the second half is the main reason. But it's just also these games, people look at it and like, yeah, the Ravens are the more talented team. Sure. But the, top, the more talented team doesn't always win on Sundays. And you got to allow for some of these crazy, these crazy games uh, that you don't expect to be a loss to end up popping up on the schedule. And this, this was just one of those, the Giants are now five and one. I don't think any, I don't, I don't think even after this win, anybody respects the Giants any, any more than they did before. But I tell you what, they are a scrappy team. And the one thing that they know how to do that the Ravens don't is close out games. They know yep. how to win football games. And you want to know why? Ravens, you want to know why? Because the What's Giants that? know who they are. They know who they are um, offensively. Um, and it doesn't matter. Look, the Ravens defense played well uh, and well enough to win a football game. Okay. And, but the reason why I believe that they, they're, they're what they are is because they don't get away from who they are. They know who they are. And they stick with who they are. They were down double digits because that's what the Ravens do. Be up double digits, right? And guess what? Instead of them saying, oh, my God, we're, it, this is urgent. We need to start passing. They continue to be consistent with the run game. They continue to stick with their game plan because at the end of the day, Saquon Barkley is their best player. Okay, so didn't he didn't go off today. He didn't have like a phenomenal day or anything, but it doesn't. But then eventually he started getting, you know, five and six and seven and eight yards. You know what I'm saying? And, and because they were consistent with who they were and they know who they are and they stick with their game plan, that's why they can win football games. The now, the Ravens defense, again, there were times where I felt like I, I had no clue what, why they were doing this. Then they would do what I was like, okay, this is good coverage, and I like this. And then they would go back and do the same thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just, I could not understand for the life of me. If press works, why are you now getting out of press? Yeah, I, I just could not understand that. So my thing is, is that the Giants do what works for them. And in, a, in that particular situation, you don't have to be the most talented team. If you do the things that you're good at, nine times out of ten, you're going to stay in games and then probably win some of those games. So guess what? The Giants now are 5-1 and one because they know who they are. They don't have to pretend to be something that they're not, and they find ways to win football games based on the, based on the players that they have. That means you're well coached. It's just weird that we're in this time right now to where we're talking about the Ravens uh, basically having no identity, yes. you know, and, and being a team that can't close out games and a team that isn't playing hard all four quarters. It's, it's just weird that we're talking about this. And I don't want to add any 
gas to the flame or anything like that. But you, when you hear people asking for certain changes to be made around the organization, and the, the fact that we're sitting here talking about some of this stuff, it makes you think like, I'm not ready to say the change needs to happen, but we're in, I understand why people are in that world, you know, of, of thinking that a little bit simply because where are we headed right now? I mean, the, you even all the way down to the front office situation of like, where's Lamar, what's Lamar's future with this team? And then you look at them now and it's like, who are we? What is it that we do well? Like, I, I just feel like they have, and I'm, when I say we, I'm referring to them, not necessarily me, but I, right. I just feel like they have so many questions uh, and all of those questions deal with them. All of those are questions they have to look in the mirror and ask themselves as an organization right now. And it's just been such a long time since we've talked about the Ravens and and being in this type of situation organizationally. It's it's just uncharted territory, I think, right now for them. And they're they're trying to really catch themselves before they, they find themselves a little too low uh, below ground to come back from. Yeah, and, and Marlon Humphrey tweeted insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Albert Einstein, right? And so they look, they know, they clearly know that here we go again. Even though again, I I, I don't put this on the Ravens defense, it doesn't change the fact that they've had double digit leads and then somehow, some way the other team wins. That like we can't change that that's happening, right? And and something needs to be done with that. I I, I don't know what that means. I and I don't think any changes happen this season, like in terms of in season, unless it's like right. really bad, right? Yeah. Like the last time we saw that now, I will say the last time we saw something like that happen, the Ravens did go to the Super Bowl, but mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't think that they look, they don't have no Anquan Bolden on this team. They don't, they don't have a Tory Smith on this team. I mean, you know, and, and maybe Rashad Bateman is, is the Tory, but he ain't the Anquan. So, <laughs> you know, they had talent when they made that change that could push them to the next level. And it right. did. Right. But, I just don't know what doing that with this team that's lacking certain things being able to do. I think that the defense continues to improve, but I, but I also think that it, it's safe to say that there's sometimes they do continue to do um, head scratching decisions. And I think Mike McDonald is still trying to figure all of this out. And I think that he's done a good job in doing that. Because, again, I don't blame that touchdown after the interception on the defense, per se. Well, you put them in a situation that it was, at that point, hard to get out of because then Saquon was really starting to get into a rhythm at that point. But, you know, uh, something has to change. And I don't know what that means. I don't know who that is. I think Mike McDonald, obviously, is, the, is not necessarily the person that's doing that because as far as if you look at what he, what's happening, he's trended up. He's, he held Saquon Barkley to under 100 yards. Daniel Jones really only had 173 yards passing. And it ain't like he had a, like a field day, you know, on the Ravens defense. But something is happening where you cannot sustain leads. And it's something to be said to that. And it's concerning for sure. And I think it's something to be said that teams are able to, I'm not going to say easily adjust to you. Yeah. It just seems like every adjustment teams are making that is working for them in the second half. I think that's a problem, you know, and even a bit, even just as much a problem. The fact that you're not making any adjustments or whatever adjustments you think you're making aren't working. 
yeah. you know, and, and that's that's an even bigger problem to me. And, and and when it happens this many times over the course of a season, and we're only in what week six right now, yep. week six. I, I think you have to look at the coaching as to why some of these repetitive problems are still there. Completely agree. All right, before we get into our final segment, just make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast with myself and Cordell so we can give you all the updates on all Ravens everything for you flockers. All right, Cordell, usually we'll, we'll do like, you know, give out hats or something for the game, like when it's right. good, when it's something good, but uh, they lost. So we ain't giving out no hats nah. today. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we need to pick out who the heels of this game were. And if you don't know what that means, heels is usually like the villain, right? So whoever is the guy that we are not too thrilled with or the guys, because it could be a, you know, a combination of, oh, of yeah. things um, that we can we can uh, do this. So I know what the, the obvious is what it is, but let me before we get to the obvious, I'm going to start with something different. Okay. I'm going to start uh, with the offensive line. Um, too many false starts. Yes. Too many illegal formations. They had a uh, a, a key uh, conversion, or or did he convert? And uh, it got called back, and then mm -hmm. it led to a third and six, or yeah. was it fourth and six? Uh, look, so much so much weirdness happened in this game. Um, but basically, it completely messed up the momentum of what the offense was doing. I'm trying to understand for the life of me, why is it every single game the Ravens continue to have illegal formations? So what are y'all doing? Is this something y'all just not practicing? Like, I don't understand. Uh, yeah. You know. The pre-snap penalties are are just a, a killer. And they killed killer. them in that game. And, and it killed them in a multitude of ways. So I, did you have a, were you going with the, so who were you exactly giving the hill to for, for these? Is that as a, as a team for the penalties? No, well, well, cause it can be both sides. So for now I'm doing the offensive line. Okay. For now I'm doing the offensive line and the skill players for, yeah. pen, for the penalties. Gotcha. Cause it can be both sides, but yeah. that one, I, I felt like the most ones that felt like killed momentum consistently were the ones on the offensive side of the ball. It was just unacceptable. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just could not understand for the life of me. The Ravens ended uh, Sunday's game 10 penalties for 74 yards compared to the Giants' three penalties and 25 oh. yards. That will always make you lose games as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to start – with the offensive line and the skill players for not understanding how to how to have how to be in proper formation and not understanding what the false start is. The Pat Ricard, you part of this problem too. Because you had two false starts and I just couldn't understand for the life of me why the fullback is moving. Yeah, I'm gonna make it a little I'm I'm going to single out a little more than uh you did right there. And I'm gonna give a hill to Morgan Moses. Yes. Uh, Morgan Moses, I thought. I, to be on, and I like Morgan Moses as a person. I, I, he's a real, really cool guy. He's former commander, or he was a Redskin at that time, and I feel great that he's in a better situation now than he was then. Um, that said, Morgan Moses has not played well this year, really at all. And this Giants game was just another step in the wrong direction for him. More penalties, more getting beat. He looks slow. He doesn't look as athletic. He, he He's not hitting it when he's the pulling guy. He's late getting into the hole. 
it's it's not looking good for Morgan Moses out there. And it's to the point now to where I'm seeing people ask for Falele to replace him <laughs> as he gets caught up to speed. Like, that's where we are right now. I, I thought Morgan Moses had one of his worst games of the season, and that's just without me going back and looking at the tape yet, uh, which I, I will do, and I, I want to see. I'm definitely going to pay attention to 78 out there, but uh, Morgan Moses right now, he gets a hill for me. Uh, the other hill I definitely am giving is to the defense in terms of penalties. What was Owe doing? Explain know. to me why you felt that was necessary in terms of have, uh, the helmet situation. And then that killed your momentum because that was fourth down. That was what well, was third down. And then they didn't convert to a first down. And then you give them 15 yards yeah. in the first down. W- why was that necessary? Explain it to me, Mr. Owe. I would like to know. Yeah, I, I cannot understand. Because that. That, I, I can't. I, I, he, yeah, it, that, that was... <sighs> that was that wasn't good. Uh, and again, I'm going to go a little more uh, single singling out here, and I'm going to give a hill to JPP. Did he even play? I mean, every time I seen him, he's trotting around. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I I mean, the, the he's not even on the stat sheet, so he didn't. Mm. Even, he didn't record a tackle. Didn't record a quarterback hit. I'm curious to see how many snaps he played because. The the dude, he was a no good. He was a no show. Yeah. I seen him one play on a third down where him and him and Oway both had a good. I think uh, Matt Abike ended up getting a sack, or Calais ended up getting the sack actually on this. Yes, play. and both of he and uh, JPP and uh, Oway both had a very good rush on their perspective edges. Uh, but outside of that play. I don't know if JPP played more than a play this game simply because I did not notice him out there. And this is two out of the three games that he's been a part of this team that I have not seen JPP make any impact whatsoever. Yeah. And the way that this defense is orchestrated right now, specifically in the pass rush department, which is what he's brought to Baltimore to be a part of. He has not added anything to that so far. Yeah, I, I just, you know, look, I don't know if it's like he's because he's new. I don't know if it's because like he's washed. I don't know what it is. But, you know, he's every now and again, it's like, oh, yeah, he, he he's doing something here. And then he turns around and doesn't. And then it's like, OK, I don't I don't know what's going on. I, I have no idea uh, what's going on with this team. Um, I'm going to give a heel to Mark Andrews. Yes, I, I look, I know Mark Andrews had a good game statistically. I'm aware. But that touchdown, dropping that touchdown that touched his hands hurt. It did. It hurt. And it would have tied the game, actually, if the if the Giants found a way to came back and score and the Ravens scored that touchdown as opposed to taking the field goal, that's a tie ball game. They don't win the ball game. So, Mark, you got to catch the balls that's in your hands, buddy. You you just you gotta help them out because you're you're the only good pass catcher that this team has right now. You got to help them out. I'm sorry, not trying to discredit everything else that you've done, but that ball literally touched his hands, Cordell. Like it bounced off his hands, and it should have been picked as a result. I got a problem with that. I'm sorry. No, I I don't I don't blame you. I I got another one. I'm about to hand out myself, and this one is going to go to Greg Roman because. What happened to all the Devin DuVernay plays? I said last <laughs> week that I didn't want that to be a one-off. I yep. had a feeling it would. And sure enough, 
It's exactly what it was. Devin Duvernay, only one touch in this game. One catch for 14 yards. He had the five targets, but couldn't get anything going. Can't get open. Can't, yeah. get, can't get a ball thrown to him accurately at times. It's just what is going on, Greg Roman? I thought this was supposed to be a guy that helps you in this offense. It's basically an additional weapon for this offense that needs weapons. Right. You have right. one, and you're reluctant to use him. Right. So last week you gadget play him. You 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 exactly. have them all over the field, and then today you do none of these things. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. And you talk about something that could have helped you in this game, where you're going up against a coordinator that knows a lot of your plays, knows a lot of your tendencies. A lot of the stuff that they ran with Duvernay last week, that was stuff that a, a lot of it we hadn't seen before. Yep. So why not use some of that again the next week? Considering there's not much film out there about it, it's. It's mind-blowing to me. I think this team handicaps themselves sometimes. No, they don't have a ton of talent, but the way they utilize the limited talent that they do have on the offensive side of the ball is a travesty. You yep. watch some of these games. You watch Kansas City. Can't, after losing Tyreek Hill, they don't have the amazing uh, talent on the offensive, the offensive side of the ball like they used to on the outside. They still got Kelsey, no doubt about it. And even I'll give you Juju at times, who had an amazing game this week. Yeah. But outside of that, it's it's rookies and Sky Moore. It's uh, McCole Hartman, who hasn't done much, anything in this league to this point. Like, they have – it just seems like somebody's always op open. Watching that Bills-Chiefs game, those are two potent offenses, two teams who you expect to be in the fight at the end of the season. And you just watch them on both sides of the ball and – they just make things happen. They, yeah. they just find ways to make things happen. And I think a lot of it's coaching. And I just think that the Ravens sometimes handicap themselves by not thinking outside the box enough. They're not, yeah. they're not as creative as they should be. I completely agree. Um, of course, we cannot leave here without saying number eight is the is the heel. He's probably the biggest one. <laughs> we already talked about yeah. it. Lamar has to be smarter. He has to play smarter. He has to stop pressing. He has to take what's given to him. If it's not there, don't do it. You know, live to see another down. You got to play smarter, Lamar. You have to play smarter football. This was one of the worst. Yeah, I, I, he just felt like it just felt like he was off this whole game. And I, I, I just, yeah, it was very, very eerie. I just yeah. felt like he never got into a rhythm this whole game. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked uncomfortable out there and in, and in crucial moments, too. Um, it's it's not really what you want to see, especially for a guy that's in Lamar's situation right now where he's trying to show he can that he is that guy that can, you know, be the face of the franchise. And those type the moments that he had in his Giants game, that's, you know, the end of the game moment where you have the ball uh, with a little over a minute left to to go and get the go-ahead touchdown. That's what you want. That's the position you want to be in as a quarterback, have the game in your hands. And Lamar really just literally fumbled. <laughs> he yeah. literally went out there and fumbled the bag, uh, so to speak. So throwing that interception, fumbling the ball. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if – I told you last week when they sealed the game against the Packers, uh, they, I think that they had really paid attention to film there and they saw something with Aaron Rodgers on film. I, I got to wonder if they saw something with the way Lamar 
holds the ball a little bit when he's in the pocket. He does drop the ball a little bit, and it's usually in that one hand. He's not usually keeping two hands on the ball when he's moving around inside the pocket. Yeah. I wonder if that's something that they saw on film to kind of pay attention to, especially in that type of situation in the game. So if you can get close to him, look to just swipe at the ball because he will drop the ball sometimes and and try to hold it, you know, just in one hand like he did in that game. So, uh, you know, again, kudos to the Giants making plays for this, yet another week uh, in crunch time. But yet again, the Ravens, same issues that have plagued them all year, come back and show their ugly head. <sighs> another week, another week, another letdown. It's crazy. The Ravens really should at least have two more wins under their belt, but just cannot seem to find ways to finish football games. So thank you all for listening to Winning Drive. We will be back on Wednesday to dissect this a little bit more, and hopefully we can start to move forward to the Cleveland Browns soon. But... Yeah. we'll be back on tuesday uh for our next podcast so so thank you so much for listening from cordell to me this is winning drive